This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. So welcome back. Together, listeners, we have in the studio Samuel Jones, Corey Olson, and Kelly Bonniewell. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. 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 So, leading question for you guys. Do you like ice cream? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's kind of a no-brainer. Yes. Like, who says no to liking ice cream? Si, senor. Okay. So, what kind of flavors do you guys like? Because the unique thing about ice cream is they there's many flavors of ice cream. I there's something that goes off in my brain. I saw a picture of it the other day. Eight thirty every night in the summer. I have a craving for ice cream. I, I need to go get it. Nice. But I think so. Summer ice cream, a nice vanilla soft serve with sprinkles is just it hits that. That's very vanilla. Yeah, it is very. It's so <laughs> very boring. vanilla. The sprinkles <laughs> spice it up a little bit. Okay. Okay. Good. Samuel? Nice. I would probably have to say favorite ice cream is probably like a moose tracks or deer tracks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, like I can see that. Peanut butter connection. And I like a little bit of crunch in my ice cream, not too bland. I like it nice and flavorful. So, yeah, probably. probably I feel like that, that was okay. Yeah. How about you, Kelly? Uh, mine's mint chocolate chip. Mint, no I brainer. I, knew, oh. I think I knew that. Kelly, I was that was the second runner up. We have oh the same food God. taste, Mint I think. We do. <laughs> Mint chocolate chip and sushi. How about that? Yeah. Mm, <laughs> eat them together. Blended together. Oh no. So on that note, yes. I was thinking of this uh this morning. Uh this summer we as a family went to Montreal and I I like ice cream. It's not my favorite dessert. Um I'm a cake guy. I mm. love cake. Mm. Chocolate cake in particular. Uh, but I like, I like ice cream, but I ate this summer the best ice cream I've ever had in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was soft serve vanilla chocolate swirl. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's this ice cream place in Montreal. So the next time you're in Montreal, you're in Montreal next month, right, Samuel? No, not me. Are you really? That's not me. I wish. (laughs) Sign me up. (laughs) Okay. So this ice cream place is called Unicone. Okay. So write it down. Unicone. Okay. Okay. Now, they had some unique flavors. They had normal flavors, but they had some unique flavors. Their ice cream, what makes their ice cream incredible is it's creamy, a very, very creamy ice cream, which I love, and not really super sugary. Okay, Mm. so here's a couple of the flavors. Tell me yay or nay, okay? (laughs) Mango sticky rice. Yay. Nay. Okay. Uh Saffron pistachio. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Okay. One. Yeah. Last one. This is a good one. Ube. C- can I have a definition? <laughs> right. like, I knew there was going to be a significant <laughs> pause. Ube is a purple ice cream because it's made from uh, yams, purple yams. Okay. And it, uh, yeah. so, yeah. It sounds beautiful. I'm. It sounds pretty. I would eat yeah. it. I try it. It's very cool looking because it's purple. Uh. So yeah. So that so <laughs> the reason why I bring up ice cream 
is with ice cream, you have a lot of different flavors, right? Mm -hmm. And a big conversation we're going to have today, it's actually kind of a new thing we're going to do on the podcast, uh, because every now and then I'll get questions about like, uh, because we partner with a lot of different marriage counselors. Mm -hmm. Samuel, you're one of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And guess what? I don't know if you know this, but you're like the feature guest of this episode. You're kidding. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you knew that. Uh, So anyway... Um, but there are different flavors or types of marriage counselors. Very much so. And mm-hmm. one of the things we want to do is at least once a season, um, we want to invite uh, a marriage counselor on and just like, what's their flavor? What are they like? And mm-hmm. so, Samuel, you are the guinea pig. I am honored. <laughs> I'm honored. I really am. I love the way you said that too, Kelly, that yeah. this is, there's different flavors. Cause I think when you talk about marriage counseling, it can be like you either have a preconceived notion of what it is, or you so. just expect that it's one thing or someone told you about their experience. And mm-hmm. so I think this is a really cool opportunity for everyone listening of uh, like getting to know different counselors and what a special privilege we have to actually talk with some people and they don't have to schedule a visit and then go ask them what their flavor is. So exactly. um, that's fun. So as our honored guest here today, Samuel, yes, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about your flavor. Um, what are some different kinds of marriage counseling that you know about? And then we'll kind of get into sure. like what you specialize in. Sure, sure. So I think the first, first foremost, I'm honored to be on together as a guest. Um, <laughs> your and- first time, right? <laughs> actually, first time caller. As a, co- as, as a guest, a co-host. Um, but in that space, you know, what I found is so many uh, marriage counselors have various different styles as Kelly is adhering to. And, you know, whether it be Gottman methodology, um, you know, you have people go through phase one, phase two, training three, and they go through this um, alternate training to get this credential uh, mm. or they just use um, different principles in Gottman. Um, to individuals who use... Okay, wait a minute. Time out. Uh-huh. Who's this Gottman guy? John Gottman. Good question. From, okay. from the, the great state of Washington. Okay, tell um, me a little bit. Uh, PhD guy, guy who is, I think, more foremost known as a researcher um, and in marriage and relationships over 30 years of experience. Him and his wife, um, who is a therapist, um, has done some great um, research into how to help couples thrive, how to build a sound relationship house, mm. um, you know, which is sided by trust and commitment and layered with creating shared meaning and with the basis of love maps. Like the ideology behind it is to help relationships who are in most cases, you know, trying to figure out how to navigate their relationship to make it stronger. And so they do a great job. I use some of their principles. We'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, just a great couple. And haven't yeah. they done a bunch of like studying to like, like yeah, I remember watching a video of like, te- like, you know, sensor brain sensors and all, like all mm. the science behind it too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I remembered them yeah. doing a lot of that. Kind Very of much stuff so. Too. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Um, you have solution focused therapy. Um, that is not one that I per se divvy into, but some, some are, some couples really need that. Just like, give me the ground principles. Let me run with it. How do I do this? And they're off and running. Um, then there's also reflective, narrative. You think about all the just regular approaches to therapy. Some people use that. I try to combi- kind of use a combination of CBT, um, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. We talk about thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. I use that a little bit with family systems um, because in my approach, I see a lot of clients um, dealing 
uh, net coming from different culturally place, cultural places as well as um, different ethical aspects. And so those things are important when you're talking about how does the family system impact a couple in a marriage as well, in mm. addition to Gottman. And so those are just a few. I know there's so many other narrative, um, so many other uh, therapeutic approaches, Kelly and Corey, that different couples, different marriage counselors use. Um, and I know one more that I'll mention just for the sake of it is emotionally focused therapy. Um, that is probably one that, at least in the city of Grand Rapids, I know several marriage counselors that really try to focus in on that because um, many cases when you're dealing with a couple, um, you have one that is more emotionally sensitive and one that is not. Um, mm-hmm. We won't get into genders today, but I think that that space is really important to know how to bring those couples around that idea of emotion to be able to help them um, navigate nuances of their relationship. So, mm. yeah. Now, maybe this will get into it a little bit more. I have one kind of specific question about those things that you mm-hmm. just said. If I'm looking at going with my uh, spouse, Colin, to marriage therapy, uh, marriage counseling, and I have like a specific topic, I'm mm-hmm. when I listen to your list that you just explained, I'm like solution focused. That's it. Sure. I have one thing in mind <laughs> that I want to talk about. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. How do I know, like, as a couple looking at these things, mm-hmm. are we going to talk about that a little bit later too? Of like, how do I know and yeah. what approach to look for? Sure. Um, or yeah, I guess just thinking through yeah. that, how would I not just look at solution focused? That's, That's a great question. <laughs> and honestly, I think this is when you're ever yours, I'll go back to this space. When you're asking to interview and talk to a counselor, mm. um, that first 15 minute, sometimes counselors offer this 15 minute consultation is a great way to get to know your marriage counselor. Mm. You know, it's, Sometimes free, depending on who you're talking to, <laughs> but it gives you a chance to interview that counselor to say, hey, what's your style? What's your approach? Mm. You know, maybe they won't get into all the techniques that they use right. to help you, but they may just be able to soundly talk to you about, hey, this is kind of what counseling with me is going to look like and how we would kind of navigate it based off a session by session approach. I love that. And I think asking that question and getting a chance to know the counselor before you make a commitment, right. no matter right. if that's eight <laughs> sessions or a year, you yeah. know, I think is an important part. And that's the one thing that I do offer, you know, for those that ask, hey, can I just have 15 minutes of your time? We want to have this conversation about, you know, kind of what you do to help couples thrive. Um, and also, guess what that counselor should ask? Probably going to ask you, Hey, what are the things that you want to work on? Mm. Um, Because some couples can come into a space and not necessarily know what they want to work on. Um, And it's a little bit of discovery. It takes time. Um, And that kind of gets into a question later on, but it's a little bit of discovery to find out what is it that they. Mm. And then there's some couples that come like we know specifically that we're having an issue or struggle here. And we're not in a crisis or Mm -hmm. we are in a crisis and we need some help. A little teaser for, yeah, you, it's, <laughs> someone told me once, it's never about what it's about. <laughs> I'm sure you find those things a lot. So before we get into the nitty gritty of all of these and your specialties, Sam, too, sure. um, I just want to know, um, Kelly and I and listeners want to know, like, what do you love about being a counselor? <laughs> yeah. And also maybe. Can we ask Kelly? I want to hear Kelly's answer. Yeah. This too, but, and what maybe don't yeah. you like also? But first, what do you love about being a counselor? Yeah, I think for me, the key part is. Uh, whenever someone first comes into the room, uh, you see the nerves, you see um, mm-hmm. the the fears. Sometimes, uh, sometimes the discovery process is challenging because, oh my God, what's going to be revealed in this space? And I think building that that rapport with that couple um, is probably the one of the funnest and greatest things of counseling to me. 
Hmm. You know, like, hey, let's build a connection. Number one, you're asking someone who's random, (laughs) um, (laughs) who's a third party to come into your relationship and help you strengthen it, fix the issue, work on something. Um, That takes a lot of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And we have to, as therapists, respect the fact that, you know, it is taking that. It takes some level of just building that connection with them. And I think that is one of my favorite things that I love. You know, those first two or three sessions, like, hey, we're just building rapport. We're building connection. We're letting some trust be built here. Um, uh, One of my favorite phrases I tell couples is, hey, I am not here to say that you're right or you're right. Mm. Um, I'm on the side of right is what I often tell couples. <laughs> and uh, it's fun because it's like I'm, I'm kind of, you know, landing that plane, building the space for us to kind of have a shared, created space mm. to make marriage counseling what it will be. Um, and so rapport is, is something that I love about it and just I love about being a counselor. Um, and then overall, when you have worked with that couple and you're getting towards completion, um, it's that space where you feel like, you know what, they feel like they have gotten to a place where they've met their goal mm. or they've met a part of their goal and that they feel strengthened enough with tools, skills, um, even practice abilities to be able to go on and grow. And I think that for me, that is a huge critical part of working with a couple, no matter how short or how long it may be, right. and seeing those two things uh, come about. Wow. I want to yeah. go back to something, Sammy, yeah. you said, because I think it was really important. You said that uh, when a couple or a client comes into the office for the first time to mm-hmm. meet you, mm-hmm. that they're nervous. Mm-hmm. And it, that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week, I can't, I can't remember who it was. Uh, it was a famous athlete. And uh, they mentioned before every game, this was somebody really successful, Hmm. before every game, they're nervous. And I caught that. And something for people to learn, at least this is how I am. I would guess you're similar. Whenever I meet a couple for the first time, I'm a little nervous. Uh, Absolutely. Because Mm -hmm. I don't know where it's going. I don't know who this is. I don't know if I'm going to be able to help them. And therefore, I bring a little bit of nervousness. So if you're going into counseling, realize your counselor is probably a little nervous, too. Absolutely. That's so, for me as not a counselor at the table, I just realized. So thank you for giving me free counseling right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, that's so helpful to hear, you know, that, that you've some nerves going into it. Is, you're not alone yeah. in that. Like and, we're, and we're not the be all know all for us either. <laughs> we're not God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just happen to have some training, some education. Um, in Kelly's cases, in Kelly's case, like 20 plus years of experience mm. <laughs> that can bring some some marital um, support and, and, and thoughts to maybe help that couple grow from where the where they're at. Right. Yeah. So, Kelly, anything else to add about oh, what you yeah, love? I got a really about important counseling. question for you. <laughs> what don't you like about counseling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, and I want to be very transparent here as a therapist. Um, In some cases, uh, you can harp on yourself when you feel like a couple is not going to be successful or it doesn't come out of counseling Mm -hmm. as success or whatever you want to define that as. Um, There have been many moments in my short uh, but storied career of working as a therapist where you're like, "Ah, you know, if I could go back, you know, we would have went to that issue faster or Mm -hmm. if I could go back I would have helped them work on this part a little bit longer or give this technique or give you go through those things in your mind when you see couples who you know don't ultimately have or meet the goal that they want to and I think that that is often cases of challenge and something that you kind of load on your shoulders um, and and you can carry a while if you don't know how to 
um, at the end of the day, give it to God mm. um, and say, Lord, at the end of the day, you have given me the ability to do this. And so when I keep connecting with you, whether I succeed or whether I fail or whatever the definition is for that, I bring it back to you, say, Lord, help me to become and do better with the people that you want me to serve. Wow. And I think that that's an important part of, of that role in marital counseling. Um, bringing it back to God. Otherwise, you do carry it on your shoulders, which I have. Right, in right. Times of past. Well, and like you said, yeah. too, you're entering into that space with them. Yeah. Like you're sharing and building a bridge. And yes, you have a role of, mm-hmm. you know, yes, I'm an expert. I can help share some things, but you're entering into that relationship. So the weight of that, for sure, can mm-hmm. fall on you, I bet. Very much so. Yeah. I think it's maybe one of the most amazing jobs, but it's taxing <laughs> because what I always try to remind myself when I'm meeting with somebody in these significant conversations is that this is a sacred conversation very much so Mm. and god needs to be a part of it and i need to be spot on in what i'm saying you know you 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 think of the verse in uh scripture i think it's james where uh the writer says many of you should not want to be teachers Mm. Mm -hmm. Because you are going to be scrutinized by God by what you say. So true. And so, yeah, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful career, and uh, but it's it's challenging uh, to say the least. Yeah, you're. It's almost like uh, being a pastor in a sense. You're responsible for someone's soul, um, especially mm-hmm. if they've given you access to that space. Um, and and doing that and having done that. There is a uh, there is a, a, a prior there's an importance, um, almost a tension that you have to have in that space because you have access to their mind, to their to their habits of life and, mm-hmm. and helping them navigate that. So, so absolutely, Kelly. Yeah. So let's dive in. Let's see what kind of flavor you are. I'm so excited. <laughs> to Ice learn. cream. Um, what? So my our question for you, Samuel, we're going to do kind of a deep dive here is. Um, how do you uniquely counsel couples? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have an approach. <laughs> and uh, typically with couples, uh, I, I do use some, again, I said Gottman methodology. Um, there's this approach that he has encouraged and that I use kind of like the first three or four sessions is really all about discovery. Um, it's about, hey, as a couple, what are some of the core things that you've had some trouble spots in? You know, identifying those things. But while I'm identifying those things and asking those questions, a lot of cases, I'm looking at that couple and watching the signs. Like, how close are they sitting on the couch? I've always wondered <laughs> if counselors watch for that. You know, like, are they? What's your body grading? language? Yeah, right. Yeah. What, what kind of tension do you have on your face and in your hands? Are your arms just crossed? You know, I'm reading all those signs. Mm. I'm also listening to how they relate and talk to each other. Um, in many cases, you can tell in that first session. Um, I think uh, in in navigating, you know, when we're when we're watching the couple again, you're listening to for the words that they use too, right? And their shared meaning, or if they have even a knowledge of each other's world in that moment, um, and you can often tell in that first session, you know, where they're struggling at, where they're sitting at, um, what kind of things they might have been talking about last night, and that's been bothersome for mm. them, or something that they've been holding for a long time. One thing that I uh, almost um, uh, under under underwise kind of uh, encourage is this place of them to see how they fight. Um, do they fight fair? Is a is a wording that we use in this type of methodology. Do they are they uh, combative? Um, are they stonewalling? Are they defensive in the way that they talk about things? Mm-hmm. And in that first session, 
Um, do they even look at each other? Or are they just talking about each other? And that first session is often cases signs to things that we can have in the discovery process. So that first session really is focused on how they are navigating each other. And that second and third session for me, I often split them up and I get a chance to do some individual history okay. just to kind of understand a little bit about how they how they think about the world there. Here's a word for you. Schemas. You know, mm. which are that's their, a cool word. Yeah, which are their patterns and history of their thinking and how that then informs their world. Wow. You know, I think that that's important for me to know. And so I, I listen to their histories. And sometimes in those third and fourth sessions or excuse me, those second, and third sessions where they're just talking individually, they start to talk a little bit more about, hey, so I didn't say this during my first session mm. and I feel this way or I think this way about myself or my spouse or this is something that they're struggling with that they just don't get. You know, and, and, and so in those stories, um, you know, I can think of one where, you know, a client came in, second session, yeah, um, I'm cheating. <laughs> you know? Oh, boy. And, and I'm like, hey, does your spouse know? Uh, no. And wow. so in having that information, it's like, so why are you still in the marriage or in the relationship? What are you doing about it? Are you stopping? Are you starting? Where do you, where is your spouse going to feel or think about this once this happens? And I remember that client talking about that from a space of, you know what? I'm not ready to be done. In fact, I'm ready to move on. So what's marriage counseling for you about in this case? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think as we, again, get into this, so many people come for so many different reasons. And in that discovery process, which is why it's so beneficial and needed um, in the way that I give it, at least, um, you find out what is the main thing Mm -hmm. for them and why are they here? Are they here to break up? And just said that they went and just to say they went to marriage counseling. Are they here to actually strengthen an issue where, hey, I'm struggling with porn. I'm struggling with a sex addiction. I'm struggling with this. And it's impacting the marriage. Mm-hmm. So what do we do in helping them together? Or are they just there for strengthening? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Sam, we really want to build a better communication style for the next 10 years. Right. And I think that that's a critical part of that discovery process in those first three and four sessions. So that way, when we get to the next session and they're back together, we begin to work towards the, the 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 main thing or the main issue for them, um, like Kelly says, and he's mentioned in the past, kind of like a hey, what's the top one, two, three, and how do we work on those things from this time out? So that's typically my approach. Okay, so I want to just so our listeners understand this. So first session, you're working with them as a couple, mm-hmm. and in the next one or two, you're going to work sessions. individually, mm-hmm. and the main reason there. Mm-hmm. is you want to make sure you're getting the full story. Exactly. Okay. Mm. Exactly. Got it. Yep. So that way when we move on from there, um, typically that fourth session and on, we're working on those things that were brought out. Um, and also uh, for some couples, I do give them a nice lengthy assessment. <laughs> so that <laughs> way um, anything that they couldn't think about or process, they could also have uh, the other learning style of being able to write it out and talk about it through an assessment. So typically that's what I do those first four sessions and that helps us. Um, With that being said, I think that another piece of this is making sure that as a marriage counselor, I am not a referee um, in that space. Mm. Um, Sometimes um, (laughs) you get into moments where you're, you go, you go, now you go, no, you're right, now you're right, right? And that's well, not sure. the, that's not the case. That's not the, the goal of what mm-hmm. we're supposed to do in marriage counseling. I think the goal is to help coach them. As counselors, we have different roles um, in that space. Um, in that space, as you build and grow rapport and connection, I think you become a coach, Kelly. And you mm-hmm. begin to help them navigate things from a space of, number one, 
if you were my two players on the field, um, not that you ever have two players on the field, but if you were my two players on the field and you had a football in your hand, how do you all work together? Because you might look to me as a coach maybe once or twice or three times or four times during that game for some direction. But ultimately, you've been practicing this mm-hmm. for a long time. So how do we help you maybe refine some of the ways that you practice so that way when you're in the game, you're able to navigate things and work through things. And it's just a flow at that point mm. um, where I can direct you, but you're playing out these plays. You're doing the things to be successful, to get the touchdown, <laughs> you know, in a sense. I love, I love that picture of yeah. you're practicing it. And this might be a two-part question, but yeah. you said there's an assessment. Mm-hmm. And then if you have the role of like a coach, um, do you prescribe homework? I do. For couples? Yeah, or I'm a homework guy. Like? Yeah. I'm a homework guy. Now, I will say this first and foremost. I'm a reflection guy, too. You know, I try to help that couple reflect on their schemas, their patterns of behavior and thought um, to say, how possibly did we get here? Um, so I do do a little bit of past reflection. How do we get here? But then moving forward, staying in the here and now, you know, how do we help that couple begin to methodically practice the things that they're saying they want to do to help their marriage thrive. Mm. Um, And so the assessment often cases bring some of the things out of what they think, but then from the assessment, it allows us to begin to build on now, what can you do to begin to work the things out that are needed to help be a better spouse and be a better partner to your, to your spouse um, in that space. And so that's kind of what I do. They answer the question. Yeah. I think from the outside, looking into your professions, excuse me, uh, I think when I look at counseling, some can be very like tool based, like, Mm -hmm. okay, we're going to give you. And that's what I expect from counseling, too, whether that's right or wrong of I'm going to get some tools to take home. Yeah. So you said so if I'm understanding correctly, you Sam, you're a mixture of tools, but also reflection, because I think sometimes couples goes in, goes in and say, like, I just don't want to talk about everything. I want to do something. Absolutely. So how do you is there a balance there or when do you know when there's tools or when it's reflection mode? Yeah, I think it's I think it is a balance there. Um, I think reflection is good. And Kelly, you I'd love to hear your thoughts, too. I think reflection is good in those first couple of sessions. Right. You're saying, again, how did we get here? What happened? Uh, But then when we start to build into uh Number one, using the tools in session. Uh, and I'll give you a quick caveat here. One of my favorite tools to use is this thing called the emotional communication game. Mm, um, let's hear about it. Yeah. In the emotional communication game, the, the, the guys behind it is, I think you're thinking this. <laughs> and if you're thinking this, is it right? So will you make them say, I think you're thinking this? So we'll have questions. Okay. For example, um, my spouse says to me, uh, to take out the trash and that person will then go through this three prong, three multiple choice answer. Okay. My spouse said to me to take out the trash. Well, I think they literally mean just take out the trash a or B. Uh, no, they are saying that I didn't take out the trash last night. So they're <laughs> harping on me to make sure I take out the trash in the future. Or is it C like they just want to have an opportunity to know that I hear their voice. And so they're asking. There's not a right answer. They're, they're <laughs> and all the listeners <laughs> are like, yes, <laughs> see. Exactly. They're, they're going to answer that question. And then um, they're both going to answer it and see if they were right. And so in that space, all that says is that we have many cases, various perspectives or thought processes about what our spouse actually means or is actually feeling at that moment. And sometimes we're right and sometimes mm-hmm. we're wrong. And in that space, it gives us an opportunity to think about how does my spouse actually 
communicate certain things and what do they mean? And am I taking things through my own thought process of here's another word persona of that person? Or am I just thinking about this from a space of, you know what, in my experience, this is how my spouse really is. And I need to make sure that I'm being conscious of that moment, of that person's emotion, of that person's voice inflection, all those things, and how that relates to them at that point when they're sharing communication or they're sharing something. And so when we use that tool, for example, now we've practiced it in session and I give them a page, it's like three, four pages long. Oh, hey, when you are struggling to have a conversation, you're struggling to talk, why don't you just ask one of these questions and see mm-hmm. what they think? And y'all go bounce back and forth. That gives them opportunity to now practice what we've done in session and do something. It's one of my favorite tools. That's awesome. No, it's cool to yeah. hear different tools and, and what actually happens in, in the room, in yeah. the moment, you know. Um, so one more question, Kelly. I'm just really You're good. peppering questions. You're good. <laughs> I think because, too, like I'm so curious and, you know, listeners, I hope this is impactful, too. Um, of like, what is this like? Maybe you've been thinking about getting um, starting marriage counseling. And so hopefully this is helpful for you. But um, as uh, a believer, too, sure, Sam, how do you bring that into it? Do you let your clients bring that up? Or how do you use that in your approach? Of, sure. Hey, let's look. I mean, in the it's beginning, it's a great question. You said, you know, like, yeah. I want to rely on God. And how do you do that? Yeah. So typically in um, our uh, first session of discovery, it definitely comes out where that person or where that couple's at. Um, I think there's so uh, much of a wide range of where we find couples. I'll give you an example, a couple examples. One couple um, where there's an individual who is faith-filled, going to church, all those types of things, and you have a spouse who does not, who may be actually very, uh, very much not religious in a sense. You have that couple. Then you have a couple that... They're both going to church. They're both entrenched. They're both servers, um, mm-hmm. to use some Kelly Bonnewell, um, uh, uh, terminology. And in that space, all of a sudden, you know, they're just having an issue or something. And then you have couples that come in that just don't believe at all. And I see all three of those people, mm-hmm. uh, all three of those couples. Um, and in my approach, most often during the first session, that does come out like, hey, so what, what is, here's one. Here's I ask, what is your anchor? What's anchoring you? Mm. What's anchoring you? Um, That's a great question, Samuel. In often cases, that reveals a lot about their heart structure and the way that they process information, um, what's really leading them. For the couples that do have some level of a faith focus or they uh, are in some way, shape, or form believers, um, they often are ones that I can begin to utilize biblical analogies and biblical thought processes with um, because that's the undergirdings of their foundation. For other couples, most often what I find is I'm able to drop stories or things and I let them know, hey, so one of my focuses or one of my things that anchor me is my faith. And so here's something that I found that be helpful in that way. Um, in our profession, uh, we often cases have to be careful about how we say and what we say about those things um, from both the level of influence as well as, hey, how would a regular person, an individual who maybe doesn't believe personify this and can they say hey this is something that they brought up and they're trying to convert me right Mm -hmm. and so in our profession we are very craftful and very careful how we navigate that space but for me I often do cases bring those things up um, as a way to uh, utilize analogies and stories and also very uh, rooted things that help them build and work through their foundation or their through their marriage Uh, here's a question on that note Samuel Uh, some counselors uh, have strong opinions about this. Very much so. And that is, 
One of the questions every now and then I'll get from somebody who's requesting marriage counseling is, will my counselor pray for me mm-hmm. or play, oh. pray with me mm-hmm. uh, if they're, you know, if they're a Christian? Uh, what What's your modality there? What do you do? <laughs> uh, so number one, um, I'm a huge person since we're talking about the Bible where it says, I think it's an Amos, um, and I don't want to take this out of context, but I'm taking it for the pers- pur- purpose of this context. It says, if two can agree, or how can two walk unless they agree? In that space, I believe it is very important to be careful and conscious of if that couple agrees to what is needed or what can be gathered from counseling. And so in that space, guess what? If you ask me in session and your, and your spouse doesn't agree to a space of prayer, guess what? Yeah, I'm going to pray for you. It might not be in this space. Mm-hmm. But I probably will still pray for you. Now, if they're in agreement that, hey, Sam, we desire and we need and want prayer here, right here in session. And I asked, her, hey, would you mind if I prayed for you? In that case, because it was asked and because it was desired, yes, um, is my long answer to that question. That's a great, <laughs> great answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think all of my clients, whether uh, all of my couples, whether uh, they've received Jesus or they're not, I am praying for them. Because I think that in all of it, you know, that's who I am. Um, and I believe that if I can offer what's going on in their lives up to the God that I believe in, you know, then that gives me the opportunity to say, Lord, number one, I'm partnering with you to do this anyway. And so, Lord, help me to be able to be effective with them with the solutions and the answers that they need for that particular thing that they're navigating. Wow. Yeah. What type of, uh, another question, what type of clients uh, do you, are you really kind of looking for? You and I have talked a lot about this in the past. <laughs> sure. Um, number one, uh, I think this is a, this is a crucial to this field. I'm looking for people who just need help. That's the first thing. They need help if they're working mm. through things um, that they are are struggling with in their marriage, or if they are in crisis, or if they are just needing some strengthening. Um, I'm looking for them. Number one, to help them and support them. Um, I have in my short time um, being in this space, seen a lot of individuals who um, have often been marginalized, who have often not gone to counseling um, traditionally. Um, And so I see a lot of African-American couples. I see a lot of couples of different ethnicities Mm. um, predominate in my my, uh, counseling practice, but I also seen couples, you know, who are of the majority um, in some way, shape or form. And so I think that that is for me a space where, I'm I'm like Jesus. Come come all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know you're gonna get what I believe God wants for you, and I happen to be a conduit of that. And so in that space, um, I have a desire just to answer your question, Kelly, to see individuals and couples who haven't traditionally always gone to be able to have a space to be able to go talk to someone that sometimes looks like them, mm-hmm. that someone has a, a a background like them, and that we can begin to share those things. But often cases, other than what we look like, we don't know what we've been through mm. until that first session. So that is why I say the door is open in many, capable, many cases to couples and individuals who are just needing support and need help and want to work through things to make their marriage better. Wow. Um, too, thank you, Sam, yeah. for what you do and opening up that door to <laughs> to your clients. For sure. They're better for it too. So flip side of that question mm-hmm. of who do you look for um, and thinking about caseload and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. too, but um, what kinds of couples would not just looking for, but like what kind of couples could use marriage counseling? 
<laughs> like should be looking for you, I guess, is the flip side of that question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah great question. Yeah, I, I think I've kind of been talking a little bit about this, and I guess I'll use this terminology again. Um, is that couple just coming in for some some strengthening? For example, I've had a I had a couple that came in and said, Sam, like we're good. <laughs> We've mm. been in this thing. 30 years and and we've been doing well um but sometimes we have some hiccups i feel like he or she doesn't understand a thing um of why i do what i do okay great so you're telling me um, i'll use summarization um uh you're telling me that this is the thing and you really just want to take maybe i don't know you define it two three four sessions to work through this so that way you feel like you have a better way to navigate this that would be my definition of strength. Okay, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. So marriage counseling doesn't have to be like for a year? No. Literally not at, <laughs> yeah. not at all. Not at all, right? That's the, that's, that's the couple of sessions approach, mm. right? A couple of sessions for a couple where someone just, let's just work on something because we want to strengthen our marriage. Um, let's, let's, let's work on this aspect of communication. Let's work on this aspect of some creativity for our sex life. Let's work on this aspect for, yeah, we've been struggling to talk about finances and we just don't agree on this. We need some help. Mm. And sometimes that is just, again, the couple of sessions approach. Um, and mm-hmm. that's who comes to counseling. Then you also have those who are in a space of, um, we have a big hill to climb. We have a big hill to climb. We're not in crisis yet, but we have this big hill to climb and we're trying to figure out, how to do this thing together because I feel like we're worlds apart. We're on mm. the same planet. <laughs> same planet. But not on the same page. <laughs> but not on the same page. And sometimes that's going to take a little bit longer. Mm. You know, that couple might be in counseling for three to six months or more. Okay. What might be, uh, what might be, can you think of a client or two and what were the issues where they had a big hill to climb? Yeah. 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 So I'll, I'll go basic here. I remember there was a couple um, mixed ethnicity. Um, one was actually from another country and and they were coming together and they were working towards the idea of wanting to have babies and have a family. Mm. But when it came to their family dynamic of how they were able to relate, one being American, another one being uh, Ethiopian, like in their in their couple's relationship approach, they just could not seem to make their worlds connect wow. um, culturally as well as familially, you know. And in that space, whether they one visits the other or the other, it's like we just don't seem to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And in that space, it took uh, five to six months to be able to have them say, OK, so when they say this, they mean that. Or when this person says mm-hmm. this, this is what they mean. Mm-hmm. And they begin to work towards uh, understanding both not only language, but also um, aspects of their uh, representations of their culture um, and how those things began to play a role in how they saw their worldview um, and how they began to connect with each other. Um, that would be an example, you know, of them navigating that space and taking time to do that. Um, I will say in my in my purview Kelly, I think the distinct between someone who are worlds apart and trying to figure out this mountain to climb together and those that are in crisis, often cases crisis to me looks like when someone is in a uh, sexually abusive or um, a uh, cheating situation where there's that happening or in the case that 
I even put people who are in the space of navigating some level of porn addiction and mm-hmm. it's really impacting the marriage as another space. So I say, this might be where you're in crisis because you're ready to leave your spouse. You're ready to be done with them. Mm-hmm. And in that space where you're ready to come here and say, I came to counseling for a day and I'm telling them that I'm leaving them. We're in crisis at that point. Right. If you're ready to be done with the marriage. I think that that for me is the differentiation point. Um, where they begin to navigate, okay, let's get through this crisis first and hopefully have a place to land so that way we can get towards the issue-driven support, which is kind of, for me, a phase two, where now we're working on that thing. You all have agreed to stay together. You all are agreeing to work on the marriage, and now we're just focusing on a topic to help you begin to build trust, build rapport again with each other, love each other, build love maps, all those things I've kind of talked about at the top of the podcast to begin to work towards that thing. Now, there is a whole bunch of context <laughs> that sure. plays a role in that. And Cass Kelly, you know, but I think that for me, I kind of look at it that way. So that way I know who's coming to me. Um, in most cases, they're not always sure. But mm-hmm. when they do know, in most cases, it's kind of in those phase two or phase three. Well, how you, that brings up another, you brought it up. I didn't bring it up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a tough question. Sure. In fact, we could do a whole episode on this question, but I just want you to give me a little teaser about it. Um, you, uh, me, you talked about crisis couples. Sure. Uh, what do you do? What does Samuel Jones do with crisis couples? So this is a marriage that for all intents and purposes, whether it's an affair or it's been 30 years that the marriage is dead, Mm. uh, it's a dead marriage or Mm. a nearly dead marriage. What do you, what, what's like one or two first steps that you start with that couple? Yeah. Um, so for for me, Kelly, I think the key piece is, again, I, I said it kind of in the beginning, but helping them build some level of, hey, we aren't here to harm each other. You know, and the synonym I often say is we aren't here to hurt each other. We're just here to help each other understand. And that is the first thing I often start with in that first session. Um, for whatever reason that we're here, we're building some level of of connection again based off something that has disconnected us that has caused in a big chasm a big gap in how we navigate things um that is the first part of often cases that the aspect of we're in the room now mm-hmm. we're in these four or five walls where we're trying to figure out how to work towards some level of dealing with the thing mm-hmm. the issue is the issue um maybe not even the person is the issue the issue is the issue is what i often say to couples and so in navigating that, we're agreeing that there's an issue, but we're also agreeing that we got here some by some place of some great chasm. Mm-hmm. And and now that we're here, let's be willing to be here. And so in their willingness and their ideology of saying, yes, OK, I'm willing to do this no matter how long it takes or for a specific amount of takes um, to get to that space. That's the first place that we start at, Kelly especially in my practice, is being willing and being able to say that I'm willing to understand where you're coming from. That second phase after that, or the second thing that we typically do is, okay, let's get into your understanding of what's happening, your ideology of what's happening, and how it may be hurting you or -hmm. how it may be hurting you individually. Because in that space, we want each person to hear what's happened and how that's impacted them. Because at the end of the day, if they don't feel like they're heard or they don't feel like they've been able to navigate what's going on in their heart, or they feel like they're just out in the air, um, which I have had couples in the past where like, I have no idea how we even got here. I think that's a crucial part of navigating just the first aspect of, again, 
building this level of, okay, there's some level of shared understanding of why we're here or what's happening. And sometimes there's a lot of pain that comes out of that, Kelly and Corey. Oh, I'm sure. There's a lot of pain of, oh, so I did do this thing or, oh, so this particular thing that you did really hurt me and I have not gotten past it these past 17 years. Um, and I think that in that space, being able and willing to work towards um, that, that, that shared understanding then allows them to begin to work on some aspect of the issue. Um, and I think that that's what's crucial for me um, when working with that couple at the end of the day, I guess a coach, because um, I'm not going to be in it the other six days that you're not here. Right. Um, how do I help you get to a place where at least you've built some level of I'm willing to connect with you and I'm willing to understand and I'm willing to work on the thing that we share that is a part of the issue. Because those other six days are crucial because when they come back the next week or in two weeks, I want to know, hey, how did these time away go? Mm -hmm. Did you talk about it? Did you work through it? Did you use any of the tools to be able to feel like you're on some level of the same page, even though it hurts? Mm -hmm. um, are you willing to keep working on this? That lets me know that week or two weeks that they're away. So that way we can continue to move towards whatever it is that they're needing to move towards in that space. That's awesome, Samuel, yeah. because I, I like that approach because basically what I heard you say mm -hmm. is that the first phase of a couple getting counseling that's in crisis is simply listening to one another. Absolutely. So often with crisis couples, one or both of the people feel like, you're not hearing me. I'm not heard. And therefore, you're yeah. creating space yeah. where those voices can get spoken. Absolutely. So, so yeah. So, uh, another question uh, for me, this goes back to flavors. Uh, there, And this is a total generalization, but uh, with some counselors, they are very direct. Mm. You know, you know exactly what they think and what the direction that they're going. Sure. Mm. Other counselors are very indirect, mm -hmm. meaning in a way they want their clients to figure out the problem before they tell them what the solution <laughs> is. Uh, and, and again, this is yeah. flavor. Some people like vanilla and some, some people like ube ice cream, right? <laughs> ube would be uh, a direct counselor. Uh -huh. Vanilla would be maybe indirect. Uh -huh. uh, what are you in that well, realm? Well, are you ube well, or are you well, vanilla? Well, remember, remember my favorite ice cream. What was it? Deer tracks, the yes. moose tracks, right? Yeah. A mix. Yeah. Yeah. And and very much so I am that. I think if uh if you if you listen to my style often cases, I am trying to be a very eclectic and try to approach the couple based off where they are at. And guess what? When you're dealing with a couple, you're dealing with two personalities, two individuals, and they're often cases in two different places. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so even in counseling, I have found myself with someone who needs me to be direct, being direct. And someone who needs to me to circle the wagon, to circle the wagon. And often cases, that has been what's been helpful in building again, that rapport, helping them build a space together. And, and uh, that's just my approach is, is blending um, both very, very, uh, not very often, Kelly and Corey, do I find myself having to deal with the same type of personality style. Very rarely hmm. for me. Um, but when I do, if I have had to, it's been two people that need a very direct space. Um, that's been my history. Okay, I got one more question, yeah. and Corey, I want you to ask a bunch. Uh, this is kind of a unique question in that, because uh, again, counselors have very strong feelings about this. Uh, in Gottman, mm -hmm. uh, 
a Gottman therapist will not work with a couple if there is an active affair. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. some some counselors will. Uh, what's your position on that? <laughs> so uh, number one, I said if you are a couple and you know something's wrong, something's needed, uh, and you're not sure what's going on, I want you to come because someone's hurting, someone's in pain, um, or both individuals are in pain. In the discovery process, we find out what's often cases happening. My history has been that in that space of someone's needing support and they find out that there's an active affair. Um, my question to that couple or even to the individual who, uh, for the lack of a better word, is perpetrating the action um, is often cases. Are, are, do you want this relationship and are you going to stop? Mm. And that'll let me know right then and there. Um how active it actually is Um, because there is the um, perspective sometimes that if if it has gone on until that point, it's active, but is that person willing to stop? I think it's a granted as a willing, as a willing question to ask. And if they are and they do, and they show the action to say, I'm stopping, I'm not doing this. I'm definitely willing to work with them. Um, But I think that in that space, if a person is not willing, you're telling me right there that you don't want to be in a monogamous (laughs) relationship Mm -hmm. And which for me, um, if I'm putting a line in the sand, I do not work with polyamorous relationships. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have a few more questions just um, for how you do it, how mm-hmm. you sure. uh, counsel Sam. This is great, Sam. by the way. This is, is, this is a lot of fun. Good. I, I feel like I'm learning a lot, too. <laughs> sure. Um, and maybe I like to ask two-part questions. Oh. I think I have one, and then it turns You're into two or four. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and maybe th- you can tell me if this is the wrong question to be asking um, mm-hmm. two counselors. But when, Sam, do you say, I think we're done here? You guys are good to go. Like, when do you Great release question, them Corey. into the wild? <laughs> when are you done coaching? Yeah. yeah. Well, first, I think in that first couple sessions, again, you kind of get a discovery of what's needed. Um, and when you know a goal has been met, you know a goal has been met. Um, I think there's agreement there um, between yourself and the couple of saying, okay, hey. You are you've practiced the skills that you needed. You've talked about the things that you're talking about. You feel like you can go out in the world and take care of your business. And um, I'm a coach still, but I'm not a crutch. Mm-hmm. And I think that space for me begins to help where you're working with a couple and you can tell when now it's beginning to be more of a dependent um, relationship. And I think that in that space, as a therapist, you have to know, am I being dependent upon or am I still coaching? Wow. Am I helping and supporting or am I now being someone that they're relying upon to deal with the nuances of their life? Because this is your marriage. Right. <laughs> it's not mine. It's not I mine. go home at night to my wife, Toba J. Jones. Um, Shout out. And my kids. But at the end of the day, I want to make sure that they feel like they can take the tools and skills and abilities and work those things out. And for me, knowing that they can and that they have practiced um, in that space is one thing that's a sign for me. Um, and that they're also willing to say, hey, when I ask you this question, can you do it? If you can do it, which I know you can, great. Go do it. Thrive. Be successful. Yes, right. Have you had it too, where it's like we're good, we've all agreed on the and people come back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that and coming back is not a sign of failure Mm. in any level of your marriage. It's a sign that you're doing the things you're supposed to do. Evaluate. Absolutely. Have a check in. Can you say that again one more time? It's not a (laughs) failure. You have not failed if you are if there's something else going on in your relationship. You're just doing a marriage check in. You're doing evaluation. You know. And I think that even in evaluating. 
You know, whether you're going to a therapist or you're going to a marriage enrichment event, which I hear Ada has one of those, like, you know, you have those types of things to be able to help um, enrich your relationship. Mm -hmm. And there's so many tools too outside of, of counseling, um, which is awesome, but this is a huge one, at least, you know, especially if you're in crisis or preventative or looking up a big hill. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Samuel, what do you hope for the future of your practice? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I'll say, I'll say thank you, Kelly. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever really truly thanked you on air. Um, but like, I think a really significant moment and trajectory and change in my life has been when, or was when Kelly came into it, uh, early 2015, 16. Um, I'm a student at, uh, Grandpa's Theological Seminary, a.k.a. Cornerstone University. Um, and and he's just a professor online that I meet in this counseling profession. Um, but from there, this man has made so much impact in my career trajectory from being on staff at ADA to opening a private practice to being the therapist that I am now today. His methodologies, his theories, his his book, um, like so much of what he has shared, said in his moments of just one on one with me has been so impactful. And so in that space, you know, when you talk about Samuel, you can't say Samuel without saying Kelly Bonnewell. Mm-hmm. And I want to uh, say thank you, sir. Thank you, Samuel. Thank that, you, sir. That's very meaningful yeah. to me. Thank mm-hmm. you, sir. So in that space, I will also to answer your question, which I forgot what it was. No, I love um, taking that moment because <laughs> Kelly is the reason the, why we're here, yeah, you know? Yeah. 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 What's the future? Yeah. What's the future? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for me. Um, the place of growing the Wisdom Center Counseling Services is, you know, to be a, 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 a pinnacle of the community that we share and live space in and, 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 and supporting the community. Um, we are in the Grampus and Kentwood area and to be able to support individuals. So, again, who have never been to counseling, um, couples who have never been to counseling, as well as couples who are in the space of where, like, I've tried this or tried that. And I just need to go get a check in or I need to work on this issue, this mountain, like being able to be there for them. Um, that's the space for me. Um, of course, growing it, um, of course, being able to have it be in several different places and not just in the state of Michigan is important. We are licensed in Texas. And so like being able to provide that space for those who are hurting, who are in a place of need and support um, is very important to me and critical mm. to me. I love hearing that because yeah. you probably have both reasons why you got into it and why yeah. you do this. And so to hear your passion for new yeah. clients or people who are scared, that's that's yeah. really cool. Yeah. And then just secondary to that, you know, I am a licensed supervisor, um, just like my uh, uh, predecessor. And uh, and uh, as a supervisor, I would love to continually train great clinicians, clinicians who have a heart for this work, who won't get burnt out by this work, mm-hmm. um, but want to do it and help um, help you impact in a uh, an influence in people's lives. So I do offer supervision in both states as well. Samuel, yeah. thanks so much for for being on the podcast, for being the guinea pig. Oh, yeah. Yes. Because uh, we want to continue <clears throat> this. Now, I do want to give you kind of on a high note, like how do people reach you? <laughs> sure. If they want to uh, glean some of these amazing services you sure, offer. Sure. So uh, you can reach me. Um, by my website, it's www.theprincipalthing.com. Not principal like a person that's over school, but principal with PLE. Um, and uh, you can reach me on that as well as go to our social media, which literally is Wisdom Center Counseling, um, and reach us through that <clears throat> to 
get in and get some support. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much for being on the episode. For mm-hmm. sure. Thank you. Thanks, Samuel. Uh, this has been, I feel like I've learned a ton. What was the word we said before? Schemas? And <laughs> Schemas. And personas. And personas. Yes. I feel like I. And ube. ube. Wow. So many yes. new vocabulary words today. Oh, man. Well, we have had a blast. Um, what an incredible time we've had together. Um, listeners, if you feel the same and you've learned a ton or, or something, we'd love to know how you've been impacted by what you've heard. Um, there's a lot of different ways to reach out and let us know, uh, whether it's commenting or leaving a review um, on uh, your podcasting platform however you listen so don't forget you can also email us too at care at adabible.org and for Corey and Sam, or did I say Samuel because you're also a host too <laughs> for Kelly and Corey it's Samuel this has been Together thanks for listening to Together we hope you've learned a thing or two if you find the podcast helpful please go to Apple Podcasts Spotify or your listening platform leave a comment and give us a five star rating If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.